Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, if you have your Bibles, however you get them, book form, electronic form, go ahead, take them out, open them up. You should know the book by now, Colossians. Hopefully your Bible just falls right open to it right now. Uh, But turn there to Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to read from verses 12 through 17. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version, and this is Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is the Word of God for the people of God, both here and online, and our response is, thanks be to God. Just a show of hands, how many of you have ever had to put on a uniform? Could be band, could be military, could be police. Yeah, quite a few of you. You've had to put on that uniform. There's something about it. For me, as I was thinking about this, for me, I was thinking about baseball. Uh, I played baseball from when I was in T-ball all the way through high school, and I just loved it. And one of the fun things was putting on that uniform. When I got to high school, you know, this is, this is back in the, you know, hate to say it, late 80s. You know, the pants didn't go all the way down to here back then. They just, you know, went a little below the knee. And you would, you would have to get ready. You would have to put on those long socks. And then the, the most confusing part of the uniform, the stirrups. You know, you have to put on those things. It's really just a stripe of color that you put. You could never figure out how to get it on there right. Um, it would always come off while you were running. And so then you've got these things flapping behind you. Some of, the, some of the guys on my team would, would put them all the way down over their cleats, but then they started running on them, and then they'd rip, and then you had two little things 
flying around and the coach was mad because you're costing the school money uh, for their uniform. But you'd put on the, the I had, I'd put on that little three quarter length shirt. You know, I, I played for the Harlingen Cardinals. So red and black were our colors. And, and then we moved to New York and I, I played for the West Genesee Wildcats. You know, we had the pinstripes like the New York Yankees. It was really just a cool uniform. But I put on that, that underneath shirt because I'd slide head first, always had strawberries right here as we were going. And, uh, you just put that on, you button it together, you know, it's a card, knolls, or wild cats. You put them together, I'm a wild cat or I'm a cardinal. And you'd take the field and you'd just enjoy that time. But that uniform, whether you realize it or not, represents something. When you put on that uniform, when I put on that uniform, I represented my school. I represented my team. And really, I represented my coach as well. That He had put the team together, had, had recognized the talents and shaped everything so that the team functioned and that each player that was on the field was playing in the best position suited for them. That uniform represents that. And this is very much like Roman society was in that day and age that Paul is writing. We talked about it last week. It was very divided by classes. There, you were in several different classes, and in each of those classes, you were entitled to wear a certain uniform. And that uniform entitled you or let other people know what you were doing, which class you were in, and whether they were above you or below you. And that began to realize how you would interact with that person or that, or maybe not interact at all. And Paul says something has happened. If you have been found by Jesus, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, then you have moved on to a new school team and you have a very different coach. And one of the the things that he wants us to understand and what we saw a part of last week, and we'll look at the next part this week, is that you cannot wear two uniforms at the same time. In fact, you cannot, my, my uniform would not fit over my regular clothes. It just would be uncomfortable. It would be silly looking. It wouldn't make sense that there is something that you have to take off before you can put on the uniform of your team. And Paul is saying to them, you, and to us today, y'all have joined a new school, the kingdom of Christ. Paul is saying you have joined a new team, the church of Jesus Christ. Paul is saying that you have a new coach, Jesus the Christ, and he is putting together this team in order to show. And there is something that you have to take off to join this team, and there will be something that you put on. And one of the biggest changes is that there on this team, there are no classes. And there's lots of diversity. And that's tricky. That's tough. Especially in Paul's very divided world, which is not too unlike our very divided worlds. But he said, when you come onto this team, this school, this kingdom operates by different rules. And he says, there are no classes 
And there's lots of diversity. In fact, I want to jump right back the verse right before we started reading today because I think it's so beautiful and eloquently describes this. Paul says, here, meaning here in the church, on this team, there is no Gentile or Jew. Gentiles are anyone who's not Jew. So if you're not a Jew, guess what? You're a Gentile. And Paul says, that, that's not a distinction here. There's no circumcised or uncircumcised. That was a physical representation of whether you were Jewish or not Jewish. He says, no, that doesn't count. Barbarian and Scythian, they had even divided the worst of the worst. If you were the worst of the worst, you were a Scythian. If you were just above the worst, you were a barbarian. But even that doesn't play on this team. Slave or free. No rights or all the rights. That doesn't play on this team. But as we saw last week, Christ is all and is in all. The coach dictates who's on the team. And guess what? You can be on the team. All the ways that society divides us are not a part of the team that Jesus has put together. And this this new school, this new team, and this coach requires a new uniform for you. So let's jump in and look at what this is. Last week, we saw that he told them, Paul told them what to take off. And now we're going to look at what he tells them to put on. So last week, we saw that he said, you need to take off five things. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language. If you didn't, weren't here last week, go online. You can watch it. <laughs> This week, he matches those five things to take off with five things to put on. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, these are different. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These are not easy things. Can I get an amen? Nobody wants to say amen because you're supposed to say, oh, no, those are wonderful things. And they are wonderful things, but they're not easy things. Especially when you put together a team that has no classes and lots of diversity. Now, we read, we, uh, I preached from this passage a year ago Christmas. And uh, we went really in-depth to all these Greek words, and there are quite a lot today. So I'm going to refer you back to that sermon if you want to go really in-deep, because we don't have time today. But I do want to hit the highlights uh, of that passage once again, because I think these Greek words have something to say to us. So that first one, compassion, is the Greek word oiktirmu. We'll just say every one of them once, okay? Ready? One, two, three. Oiktirmu. Oiktirmu, that we translate into English as compassion, literally means a deep feeling about someone else's difficulty that moves you to action. So it's not just a feeling that I feel bad. It is a motivating action that actually causes you to want to do something about it and moves you into the action phase. Which is interesting because that action phase then is kindness. And that Greek word is 
Crestotete, Teta, sorry, Crestotete. You ready to say that together? One, two, three. Crestotete. And it means to meet someone else's real need with something that is actually useful to them. Compassion is that deep feeling that moves you to action. Kindness is the action of actually meeting someone else's real need with something that is actually useful to them. I remember one time we were living in Southern California. I was much younger and we were walking into Starbucks one night and it was one of those cold evenings in Southern California, you know, so it's probably like 55. And I saw a guy out there that I often saw asking for money. And I did feel compassion. And I did want to take action. And so while I was ordering my coffee, I also ordered an everything bagel with cream cheese. And I took it out to him. And I, I gave it to him. I said, hey, you look hungry here. And he looked in the bag. And he said, thank you, but I can't eat those with the seeds because my teeth are not healthy and and they get stuck and it's painful now i was very young and i just like well beggars can't be choosers you know and had a bagel myself that is not kindness this kindness that paul is talking about the compassion is take action there's a feeling that moves you to that kindness is meeting someone else's real need with something that is actually useful to them Which moves us then into the next category, which is humility, which I wish I had had more of when I was a younger guy in this situation. It's a humbleness that is regulated by my inner spirit. And whether I like this about me or not, I didn't like it about me now that I look back on it, is that if I had had just a little bit of humility, instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to do something nice and buy this for this guy... If I had asked him in humbleness, hey, you look cold. Is there anything I can do for you? I I don't have money like cash to give you, but can I buy you something in here for food? And maybe heard what the actual need was and then let my compassion move me into kindness that would actually have bought something that was useful to him. Humility is that that deep down where it says this is regulated by your inner spirit, that, that the humbleness goes all the way to the core. That the life of Jesus comes out from the very beginning. And the life of Jesus is the life of one who served, who told his disciples, I came to serve, not to be served. But that moves us into this next category, which is gentleness, often translated in, as meekness. And it is the word prauteta, another teta word. Ready? One, two, three. Prauteta. And prauteta is power. We often think of ge- gentleness or meekness as timidity, as, you know, someone who's just pretty weak. But that's not what prauteta means. Prauteta means there is great power but it is not used for its own benefit it is held back in order to show humility 
deep from the core, that understands that kindness means I need to understand what would actually be helpful and the compassion that drives that from the core of who we are. Prauteta is powerful. Paul describes it this way in Philippians about Jesus, who though he was in the very form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited or used for himself, but he emptied himself. That's a good definition of prauteta, of gentleness. And I think most of us, if we were asked to give a synonym about Jesus or what you think about when you think about Jesus, gentleness would definitely make the list. The last word there that we have, um, I'm sorry, uh, is patience. There we go. And patience is another fun word to say, macrothumion. Let's say that together. Ready? One, two, three. Macrothumion literally means long-suffering. We think of patience and we think, oh yeah, you know, I'm just going to be patient. But it's a little different. I kind of like this older version of understanding this, that to be patient with someone is to be long-suffering. That we move in with them, we, we listen, we hear, we watch, we, we put ourselves because we're Understanding what gentle, the gentleness that is needed, we, we put that back and we come to help and come alongside macrothumion. Now, how do you practice these things? I mean, this, th- these are a lot of big words, Paul. These are a lot of big ideas. What, how in the world do we practice these things? Well, verse 13 tells us. So let's look there. And it's, it's an even more fun list. <laughs> you bear with each other. And forgive one another. Bear with is the word. Hanexomenoi. Don't you want to just say that? It just rolls off the tongue. Ready? One, two, three. Hanexomenoi. It piggybacks off that long suffering that you suffer with and persist alongside. That we're in this together. When we are put together as a team, we're in it together and we're with it through the entire season. And when you miss a play, we're going to encourage you. We're going to be alongside with you. If we wind up losing, then we're going to suffer with together. And it's going to be a long suffering. I, I went from one team in Harlingen where we went 10 and 0. I went to New York where our team was 1 and 11. But I was a part of both teams. And we won together and we lost together. We persisted alongside. We're called to bear with. If we want to practice these things that we are supposed to show as a team, then it calls for bearing with, to persist alongside. And then, the thing we love to hear when it's from God to us but struggle when it's from us to you, (laughs) is forgive. It's the Greek word, karizomai. It's fun to say, one, two, three, karizomai. Karizomai is the verb form of grace. If you receive the noun of grace, you have had the verb forgiveness happen to you. 
And Paul says, you all are to forgive if any of you have a grievance against someone. To practice being on this team is not just hitting a ball or throwing the... It is to bear with one another on the team. And it is to forgive one another if there's something that comes up between the two of you. And trust me, there will be because there's no classes and there's lots of diversity. And it's going to take a long, long time. I had to learn this. The first team I was on... We were together, and yes, we, we weren't all in the same grade. We didn't all come from the same country. We spoke different languages. I was in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, where I had the blessing of experience somewhat of life as a minority, because my school was about 90 to 95 percent of Mexican descent. And we had to learn things, and I had to learn phrases that they just shouted to one another in a different language, and what that meant. Were they encouraging me, or were they frustrated with me? I didn't know. But I had to learn. I had to bear with. We went alongside together, and sometimes there was frustration with each other. We had to forgive and move on, because there was something greater that our coach was calling us to. And we are called to do this karizomai, this forgiveness. Are you ready for this? Paul says we are to do this in the same way that Christ forgave us. Think about this for a moment. How did Christ forgive us? You're probably thinking of a few different things. All of them are a little tough to do. But we are called. This is the practice that leads to the uniform that we put on and all that is involved there. I love the way Dr. Robert Smith puts this as we think about this. Think about this for a moment. He says in these passages, Paul is reminding the church and reminding us today that their behavior towards each other bears witness to the Lord's behavior towards them. Wow. Talk about a practice. I mean, that's more than wind sprints. That's tough. Paul is reminding them that their behavior towards each other bears witness to the Lord's behavior towards them. Can you think about that when you think about the people that you're sitting around and sitting next to? That our behavior towards one another says to those outside, Something about the Lord's behavior towards us. That's why this is important. Why it's important to let go of the old uniform and put on the new uniform to show that we are part of the team and these things are to be lived out and there's practices that we can do of bearing with one another and forgiving one another. What would it be like in church if when someone who was a part of our church offended us, our first thing was this is an opportunity to practice. I'm going to get better. I'm, 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 I have an opportunity to try and forgive here. I have an opportunity to bear with and to walk alongside. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing, but very difficult to do. And this practice will require the right kind of fuel. 
It was always important that you had something to eat before you went to practice. And you had something to drink. Back then, I know I'm, I'm, I'm that old. We just had water. No Gatorade for us. The original thirst quencher. But what kind of fuel will require the kind of, or that will, what kind of fuel will fuel the kind of practice that Paul is calling us to do? Well, he goes on. And he says it's the one thing that must go over everything else. And that is agape, which is self-sacrificial love. He says there in verse 14, And over all these virtues put on agape, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That is interesting, that, that word binds together. It says is the Greek word sundesmas. Don't you want to say that with me? One, two, three. Sundesmas. This one we can say three times. Ready? One, two, three. Sundesmas. One last time. One, two, three. Sundesmas. It's a compound word. There's the, the soon, which means closely identify with. You see all these team words that are, that are put in here to, to walk alongside, to bear with one another, to forgive one another. And the first part of this word that he's saying, this is what love does. It closely identifies with and deo, a close inner identity which produces close harmony between members joined closely together. If we're going to fuel the practices that lead to what the uniform represents, we're going to need a lot of agape. And if you think about this word, you'll see that it represents what Jesus did to us. As He didn't Regard equality with God as something to be used for His benefit, but He emptied Himself and came close. And being found in human form, He identified with us. And then He went on to do those things of giving Himself sacrificially to produce harmony between us and Him. And now He gives that same agape love to you and to I, to me, that we might be able to practice and live into the uniform that he died for us to have. Agape is the food that fuels the practice of forgiveness and bearing with one another's differences. The practice causes the values of our coach, our team, and our school to actually be shown on the field outside these walls. This then leads to the victory which Paul describes in our following and completing verses because then we can let the peace of Christ. And remember, peace is not just the absence of war. Whenever you see this in the New Testament, it is the word shalom. Uh, it will take, well, it is the Greek word irene, but it's based on Paul as a good Jew understanding of shalom, which means wholeness, completeness. So let the wholeness and completeness of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, Body, you were called to wholeness and be thankful. Then he goes on and says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through singing psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Did you realize that's why we still sing in church? It's not just karaoke. It's not just a good time together. We are called into this wholeness and fullness of Christ. And when we gather together and hear a message from His Word, 
It should bring forth that gratitude and thankfulness and can be expressed even in singing. And it doesn't matter if you like the Psalms or the hymns or the new spiritual songs. You can use them all to sing to God with gratitude in our hearts for what He has done. That He has called us on the team and placed us in the best place for you and for me that we might practice together this forgiveness and this bearing with one another that shows compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness out into our world. And whatever you do, he says, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. A few questions before we move to receive fuel for the practice. Friend, have you put on the uniform that Christ has given you? Or are you trying to mix things up? <laughs> Sometimes, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Coming on down, I receive it. Folks, I have a, I have a bit of a pastoral concern, and and I struggle. I'm 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 a human being too. But sometimes I'm afraid we try and mix our uniform, and that never goes well. I, I remember one time when I was playing baseball, I was in a hurry. I got to the I got to the uh, uh, to the parking place at the at the field where I was about to go out and play for my high school, and I was in a rush, and I got out of the vehicle, and I knew I didn't want to drive in my cleats, so forgive me, I was driving barefoot or in my sock feet, and I jumped out. I knew my cleats were back there, and my glove and my hat, and I locked the door when I was getting out with my keys in the vehicle with my glove, my hat, and my shoes. Thankfully, my friend. Uh, who did not play on the team, was able to come with a, a, a glove. I was able to borrow a hat, and he brought me his dad's high-top sneakers. It worked well until I tried to round first base. <laughs> Slid on my way to second, tagged out. It doesn't work when we try and mix uniforms. And folks, I worry sometimes that I see us trying to wear two uniforms at once. You were called to the team of Christ and every other team. We don't wear any other uniform but His. You see, He gave us His at a cost of His life. He gave us His as He came in power out of the tomb. Why would we want to settle for any other uniform that worships at the ground of power for my own benefit, get what I want, get what I can, and it doesn't matter who I have to go over, under, around, or through to get at. Why would we want that uniform? You have been called to a greater team. You are called to pull all of that off and to begin to live in through the love of Christ who gave Himself for you that you might have the fuel you need to practice the virtues 
of bearing with one another and actually forgiving one another. And guess what? Receiving forgiveness from someone else. That you might actually live in your world, in your offices, in your schools, showing forgiveness and patience and gentleness and humility and compassion and kindness that makes a difference in this world. And folks... We've got to let go of those. I used to love what Reverend Earl Lee used to say. He said, sometime this side of heaven, we all have to drop off our denominational signs and our country's flags. There, there won't be any Americans in heaven. They'll just be people. There won't be any Nazarenes or Baptists or Methodists. There will just be people who have been called by Christ and have received His love and have put it into practice in their world. All the other uniforms have to go. You were called to a greater team. Folks, are we practicing? This is tough. You should probably take out your camera and take a picture of this slide. To realize that your behavior towards one another, our behavior together, bears witness to the Lord's behavior to us. And when we're frustrated, it's an opportunity to practice forgiveness. It's an opportunity to bear with one another and walk alongside in the love that binds us together. Good news is, You'll need food and drink for this journey and this practice. And that's why today we'll gather at the table. I want to let you know before we take communion today, that in the Church of the Nazarene, we believe in what's called open communion. And that means a couple of things. It means that if you are a follower of Christ and you're not a member of the Church of the Nazarene, you're welcome to the table. Because it's not our table, it's Jesus' table. It also means that if you are hungry for the Jesus that I just spoke about, we believe that bread and cup are somehow a means to receive grace. And so if you are hungry, maybe this is your first time in church, but there's something driving you saying, I I want what you're talking about. If you're hungry for that, then you are welcome to come. And receive bread and cup. I just ask you to tell me. (laughs) It's my first time. Because I want to pray with you. I want to celebrate with you. I want to welcome you to the team. I want to make sure you have everything you need. To start practice. To start getting your uniform on. Letting go of the old stuff. And putting on the new. So if you fit into either of those categories. You're welcome at the table. But I also want you to know something about our captain, our coach. If you're not ready to join the team yet, he still wants you to know you're loved and you're blessed. And he's longing for you to come on the team. But he's not going to force you to come. He invites you. And so, however you find yourself today, we're going to move towards the food that will fuel the practice as we 
wear our uniforms out into our world. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and cup. Good symbols. There, there's so much that we can, we can learn about from just thinking about the symbol that Jesus gave us, the grace that he gave us. Today, we're using it to remember that we need fuel. We need bread and drink for our daily lives. You need his grace and his love for living out the spiritual life that he is calling you to. And so in just a moment, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to have some of our pastors come and help us. And this is how we do things. It just helps things progress a little quicker. In a moment, I'll have you stand. I'm going to pray. And then there will be a pastor standing in front of each section. And when we stand, if you are going to come and receive, then you come out this way, come down the aisle, receive from the person in front of your section, and go on back to your seat. I'm going to invite you, because we've talked a lot about team today, I'm going to invite you to hold your bread and your cup. We're going to take them together as a team. Okay? So would you stand? Let me pray for us. And if those who are going to help would come, Will, would you do this section? I'll do that section. Ray, if you'll do this section. And Kyle's coming down. If you'll be all the way over here, that'd be great. Father, we are so grateful that you have called us to your team. That you've provided everything we need. You've given us practice things. You have given us a uniform to put on. Today, we ask that as we receive the fuel of bread and cup, we will remember remember your sacrifice on our behalf. We will remember that the uniform we wear represents you. Help us to take this grace that is given in bread and cup and use it to practice forgiving one another. If there is something we have been holding against someone else, give us an opportunity to practice forgiveness. If we know that someone else is holding something against us, give us grace to practice, to take the opportunity to forgive, to go, to bear with, to ask for forgiveness. May we begin to see your compassion, kindness, humility, your gentleness, and your patience be worked into the fabric of our lives. For we pray and ask this in our coach's name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go ahead and take the bread out. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he blessed it, and he broke it. He said to his disciples, Take. same night he took the cup he poured into it and he said this is my blood shed for you take and drink 
Lord Jesus, thank you for the fuel of your grace. May we put it into practice and live into the uniform you have given us. For we pray and we ask these things in your great name. And everyone said, Amen. Would you stand and receive this blessing as you go? And now, my teammates, we have been fueled by His grace. Let us go forth and practice forgiveness and bearing with one another. May we live into the uniform that shows into our world compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Go in His strong name and be a blessing to those around you. And may you go in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next week. Stay around for the baby blessing and growth track and NYI and all the things we have going on this week. We're glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.